right, we're live. All right, we're live. What's up, guys? John Sentos here, Cutter Nation Podcast. Super pumped about today's podcast with a legend on Instagram. Hopefully, you guys have seen him uh, on Instagram or on uh, one of our other buddies, uh, the Art of Pitching Podcast, Alex Casillas, a.k.a. Flama Blanca. Before we jump into that, don't forget to check out my website for my gear. Get your throw hard jerseys. I've got a couple snapbacks with leather patches on the front made by Brandon Bills. I really like these. These are leather leather. Leather patches with uh, laser etched my logo into that. So if you guys want those, you can get those drop shipped to you. Um, also got weighted balls, J bands, flush bands on my website. Um, anything on there? Don't forget to check out my YouTube and subscribe. So without further ado, once again, here he comes, ladies and gentlemen, Flama Blanca. Now, Flama, you're ready. You've got the monster. Oh yeah, I put coffee on. I forgot it. I'll get that later. But you know. For the people who have caught you on the Art of Pitching podcast, there I think that they're missing out. And I got a, you know, I got a message chance. You know, he's got to get a video portion of that thing going because without your facial expressions, the zoom in and out and your rants. I got, I got, uh, I videotaped it. Good, good, because like yeah, pe- people so. need to know. Like I found you like a year ago, um, doing some, uh, you know, some following and stuff on uh, Driveline. And I just, you know, we were talking about it a little bit earlier, and you uh, were doing a couple things I found really interesting as far as with throwing and and some of the stuff that you were putting out in your captions. So, uh, and I think I even saw a post of like that you had played Mexicali. So I tried to do a little bit more research. You know, obviously now that I know you'd gone by a different name, uh, <laughs> you know, and even then, um, you know, it was kind of funny. You and I actually played in the Pecos League at the same time. I found out. Um, really? Yeah, Joe Torrey actually confirmed that for me. Um, oh, you know him? Yeah, yeah, I know him too. Um, Joe, but Joe Torrey, I was in the pick. He was in. The, I played. He was on. He was like a help. He helped out in uh, El Paso. That was American Association. Exactly. Yeah. So when he went to El Paso, he was going back and forth actually from El Paso and the Pecos League. And so, what what team were you on in the Pecos League that year? Uh, White Sands Pupfish. So I think we were on the same team, dude. I swear to God. Yeah. No. Yeah. I was with White Sands, and then I got traded to Santa Fe. Nah, man. Not at who the is, same time. Who was your manager? That little sawed-off Elmer Fudd-looking dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I came uh, – I started the year off in Washington Wild Things in the Frontier League, and then – I still don't even know why. Like it made like no logical sense. Like I could I could see if I if I got hit around, I threw pus or walked a bunch of people, but I shoved. I just made I made two really embarrassing PFP mistakes. Um, but uh, other than that, I didn't do anything. Um, but they they traded me for a player to be named later, and they said that assuming I keep pitching the way I do. Uh, since I've been out of baseball for almost two years, that they rather me go to the Pecos League. They see me as a starter, uh, so go get innings, and then they'll bring me back. So two weeks later, 44Ks or whatever it is later in, like, 22 innings or some shit. I don't remember what it is. Uh, they called me, and I'm like, fuck you, assholes. So, okay. I was so offended. So that year... I think that same year I actually would have been uh, – I was in Lake Erie. 
I was in Lake Erie. Really? Yeah, and we came to play you guys, and I pitched yeah. at the end. It was a preseason game. I pitched. Yeah. I, I pitched. I pitched in that game, and then I made. Uh, I made two stupid errors. Like, uh, one, I struck out like four dudes in that one inning. Like, because I, uh, think we got. Uh, one was a swing and miss, and then a pass ball, on the third strike, and then he threw like the catcher threw it away. I don't remember. And then, I think we. The, the dumb the dumb play was one I had a little comebacker and I, I think I sailed it over the first baseman's head and then we had a runner on first and third two outs and a dude did like a swinging bunt and I charged it but the guy from third was bolting home and it's two outs right like you know you should probably go to first with it but <laughs> I was right there at home. The guy was charging at home. It's like a for sure out. Like I, I, I'm not. I'm gonna have to be an acrobat to grab it and chuck it, you know. So the catcher wasn't paying attention, and I underhanded it, and it just went off his chest protector because he wasn't paying attention. And they're like, it's two outs, bro." I'm like, "Yeah." Also, you could just fucking caught the ball, you dumb fuck, and like tap the guy that's ran right into you. Whatever. So then they come in the office, and they're like, "Hey, we think you got fucking great shit." Blah blah blah. This bullshit. And they sent me. Send me the Pecos League, and I remember the Pecos League, her hearing about it because there's this guy. Um, it kind of kick-started the indie ball thing. He used to hold those like, sh- like uh, workout uh, tryouts um, for indie ball guys. Um, he had one in Palm Springs. His name is Jerry Lehman. You know what I mean? No, I don't. No, I don't. He runs like those. He has one of those teams that go to Vegas, like adult leagues. You know, that go. For zinger bats and shit, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Like they go play in Arizona and shit and whatever. So he set me up with the wild things, and then I remember he had a bunch of guys because yeah, in in California you should it's in it's in OC. You should probably go if you you know want innings or whatever. But he created almost like a Sunday league, but only for indie ball guys. Oh, okay. Uh, so everybody there is pl- at, plays in the Frontier League, American Association, somewhere, and. I remember all these guys that, like, sucked were like, yeah, I just got signed. I'm like, what? Who the fuck signed you? And then uh, they're like, oh, yeah, this Pecos League. So I just remember hearing this Pecos League, Pecos League, and that, who was going, and I was just like, fuck that. So I I cried when I got sent to the Pecos League. I was like, fuck this. I'm going back home. I'm going to go, you know, work out for someone else. This is stupid. And then uh, – they, my pitching coach, like my mentor, told me, just just fucking shove. Just go there and sh- put your head down, shove, and you'll be out of there in no time, which I did. My my biggest regret was not staying to start the All-Star game. That would have been great. Uh, my One of my teammates got picked up by the D-backs out of there. Um, and I remember that. Got I, remember, I remember the guy um... – for that all-star game and stuff. Yeah, then you, you got popped for D-Bowl after that. <laughs> um, and then um, my then I went to San Angelo, and the reason why I chose it was, like, the dumbest reason ever. Like, what do I know, you know? Doc Edwards is the manager, you know, play with, like, Mickey Mantle with the Yankees. So um, I got persuaded to go there by all my people that are advising me. Of, like, you know, I'm in the middle of nowhere, man. It, it, it you have to fly into Odessa, Texas, and then drive two hours to get there. 
what scout, unless you're throwing fucking 100 and just making all this racket, who's going to go watch that shit, you know? Um, yeah. Whereas you can fly in El Paso very easily and go go watch a game in the Pecos League. I didn't think I didn't think like that. I thought this is a Pecos League. Who the fuck's gonna come fucking hear about me here? But actually, uh, a handful of affiliate teams were calling Elmer Foot, um, <laughs> based off my stats. Um, and then I was like, "Fuck this!" I was so bitter that I wanted to leave. So I went and took that San Angelo gig, and then the wind blows out. Uh, I had all these veterans that were kind of rattling me, you know, because I didn't like to throw before the games. I I didn't if I didn't if I didn't sh- play in the game, I wouldn't shower. They would fucking give me shit on that. Give me shit on wearing a V-neck or skinny jeans. So much shit. So, like, it kind of threw me off my game a little bit. Then I completely tore my lat. Like, literally, I did it a little bit one game, and then another game, I just completely tore. Like, I woke up, couldn't even put my hand in my back pocket. It was like, so I went home early. But my roommate there, this guy, John Edwards, you know that is? No. Uh, he's the only big leaguer to come out of the Pecos League. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So he's my roommate, and he used to be, I think he was a prospect at one time for the Cardinals as a hitter, and then gets released after his fourth or fifth year with the Cardinals, and then it ends up in San Angelo, and just sucks. He just yipped up as a hitter, just not good. And But he's got a great arm. So they're like, hey, he's like six six, six seven, like just big, blonde, God bless you type of guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, he gets released, and they're like, hey, we're gonna let you throw a bullpen, and if you if it goes well, we'll you know we'll sign you as a pitcher. So he throws, and he's like, you know, I think he was like 90, 92 in the bullpen. So um, he's sitting in the living room after he gets re-signed. He's like, you know what? I don't think it's in God's plan. They want to send me to the Pecos League in uh, Las Cruces, uh, and I don't think it's in the cards. You know, I really don't want to pitch this or that or whatever. He goes there after two weeks. He's now he's up to 95, and the Rangers fucking sign him out of the Pecos League. And then I'm in San Angelo. No, not San Angelo. In Amarillo, 2014, in the shower watching the, the Rangers game. And I hear, straight from the Pecos League, making his major league debut, John Edwards. I almost ate shit in the shower. Like, I was like, oh, <laughs> this piece of shit didn't uh-huh. want to pitch, didn't want to go to the Pecos League, didn't want to do any of it, and fucking is making his big league debut, uh, what, two years later, three years later? And I'm over here fucking wanting it too bad and just, you know, fucking up because I want it so bad. Yeah. So I was like, yeah. But anyways, that's the Pecos League. That's that's awesome, man. I um I actually, like I said, I I, I know I knew you. Like I've I know I've seen you throw. Like uh, it's just crazy how small the world that you and I were texting about that how small the world is of baseball and when oh, guys move it around I, and everything. You know, it's just nuts. Yeah, I didn't realize how tiny it was really till till I got to Mexico. Then I realized how really tiny baseball world is. And then when I came up to Washington. And then Andy Cisco came, walked in. I'm like, the fuck? Weren't you in Wasabe? And he goes, yeah. And, like, I, in 2012, I wasn't, like, no big name or anything. So, uh, by any means. So, like, he did, probably didn't re- remember me or whatever. But I remember him because he's a 6'10", fucking lefty. So, 
And he's like, yeah. And then, like, we started shooting the shit. And then next, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, I know John Weber. I'm like, no fucking shit. It's just weird. I'm in Washington, Puyallup, Washington. How the fuck? I didn't ever think I was going to run into someone that, like, had anything to do with Mexico. You know what I mean? Yeah, for now sure. We got guys, now we got guys that are driveline guys that um, that are on Mexicali right now. Uh, so it's, I was like, what? This is weird. Um, yeah. You know, because I had thought at that point, I was just like, it's so foreign. It's like, how would anybody, you know, be like that? But then you start to realize that, you know, guys go over there for extra income or once they're, you know, they get fizzled out, you know, for most guys, you know, it's, it's difficult to just stick to indie ball when they get out of affiliated ball because you don't make no money. So it's like a catch 22 though. Like if you go to Mexico, you're going to better. You're, you're basically writing yourself off or you're really catapulting yourself. Like what's his face? Gonzalez on the white Sox. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. The guy that's the splitter, the Mexican guy. Oh, uh, uh, he doesn't throw that hard. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. He was on the Orioles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what I'm talking about, though, yeah. Yeah, anyways, he had similar, uh, route as me. The trajectory I was on, that was one of the reasons why I was kind of like, fuck it, yeah, I'll go, I'll go stay in Mexico or whatever. But he went and shoved, just dominated, uh, the LMP for like two seasons and just put up numbers uh, and then got picked up finally. Oh, Hector. But he was shoving. Hector. Hector Gonzalez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Hector. He, yeah. Was shoved, he was shoving. He was shoving. He's with the Red Sox. What? Yeah, he's with the Red He made his big league de- debut with the Red Sox. I played against him last year. No. Oh, no, wait, I'm I, sorry. I'm sorry. You're talking about I'm two different guys. I'm thinking of the righty. But yeah, it's different. It's a different yeah, no, lefty. Okay. No, this guy's a right. This guy's a righty, but he was on the Orioles, and then now he's on the White Sox. I'm pretty sure his last name is Gonzalez. Anyways, but he's 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 a uh, you know born in the states. Um, so he went, I think, in Mexicali, but then he got picked up by the Mazatlan. And uh, anyways, but. I don't know. I got impatient, and then you know, if you're a Mexican and you're playing in the win, and you're playing in the winter, uh, they expect you to sign with whatever summer team that GM has, you know, affiliation with, um, so they could have, you know, control completely. But then I would always, you know, because I was getting advised by Oscar Villarreal uh, to hold it out. He goes, "Hey, man." You know, you got good shit if you stop thinking so much, you know, and, and be consistent. It's better to go suck it up. Don't make any money in, the, in indie ball. And it'll be quicker. It's like they could just acquire you and you could be in a, in a, in a city in a day. If, you're, if, you, if you go to Yucatan or Cancun, you're, you, you know, you better fucking literally put yeah. some Pecos League numbers up like, yeah. and don't get hurt. Um, but then even then, then they got to sell you for 75%. Yeah. They keep 75%. So you're fucked. So I remember when I, cause like there was a little bit of hype in 2012 when I was going over there. Cause I had, um, ended up there on accident and I, and I shoved in, uh, the playoffs for the Norte. And then that's when, um, they drafted me for the LMP and then, 
I a little hype. That got yipped up when when I was like a when I saw all the production. Yeah. You know, I got really yipped up, and I saw these big leaguers rolling in. Yeah. I I don't know. I think I I overthought it and put too much pressure on it, and and then it ended up being like mop up, you know. And then until I had a really amazing game against um, Wasave at their place, like shoved dick like make calabala look like a bitch and then that who's that big ginormous ginormous mexican guy he's like oh, six foot amador amador yeah i fucking own that some golden sombrero i fucking <laughs> shoved dick dude and and then uh, i shoved so much dick that they're like fuck this um uh they're like casillas is gonna start the next next series against Kuyakon. and i i butthole went <laughs> <laughs> nothing to lose i was like coming in the fourth like i actually lucked into it i was like very like the the, the catcher that i had was uh what is it pies you know that's yeah yeah bold yeah 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 i love that guy man and he was like such a good mentor and he was, like, like calming and soothing and like made me feel comfortable all the time yeah whereas like the other catcher um forget his name uh, he was old, big leaguer, like bitter. A mess club? Like, no, uh, oh. he was on the Orioles for a long time in the big leagues. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm from Oahaka. Yeah, yeah, from Oaxaca. He's from Oaxaca. Yeah. Um, He's old. Yeah. Big ass dude. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyways, he was just zero sympathy for for uh, scared fucking Pocho man. Yeah. And, uh, so I just it's. I did not get, do good, but with Paez came in that game, and then I just shoved Dick because he knew the right cues to call me down and bring yeah. me back. And then the next outing, I remember Villarreal in the in the in the group huddle when uh, the pitching coach said Casillas got the ball uh, game two with Kuikon. He goes, "You scared?" And I was just like, "Nah, no, nah, not scared, not scared." <laughs> but I, I was. And I remember I walked the first three guys, then then struck out Marlon Bird. It was like anytime Bird or Corey Elders would come up to bat, I didn't have the yips. Like yeah. I just fucking attacked the shit out of them. Yeah. I, I didn't like their titles. Like that's when that's when I started to realize that the yips weren't controlled by who's up to bat or any of this. It was my focus. My focus was on so many other things other than competing. And then with those guys, I had no problem. And then, so I ended up walking six dudes in two innings, and then they took me out. Uh, I only gave up one run, though. Uh, yeah, that's a funny thing. Walked six funny. dudes. Yeah, struck, whatever. So, uh, yeah, anyways, enough of the tangent of, of, of Mexico. We'll probably get into that later. Yeah, you but, and I could probably do that forever, considering, like, that you're the next closest yeah. person that I could, like, have real conversations with and be like, you don't understand, like, when so did you play in the new stadium in Culiacan or the old one? Uh, the I think it was the old one because 2013, um, I went in and I just came off probably the best start, the most consistent I've ever pitched in my entire life, and I'm up and I'm the only thing I regret is when I when I pulled myself, uh, it was the American Association following that. That 2012 uh, uh, in Mexico, uh, the first season in Mexico, and 
I was just shoving. Like, I, it literally, when I think about those games, there was only like five games that I really just shoved. And then I pulled the back of my shoulder, took five days off, went to go play catch. My elbow felt like a, like someone just put Fernando Rodney's huge. That's why you see me put Fernando. That's yeah. how it started. Yeah. I literally feel like Fernando's big dick is just like in my <laughs> elbow. Yeah. And, um, and, I just panic. I was just like, okay, I'm 27. I figured it out, right? I figured it out how to yeah. compete, how to be consistent. All my shit's nasty. My velo's fucking through the roof. I'm not going to, you know, I'm about to go to winter ball. I'm, you know, I thought that season, like, I, I'll go look at my goals and, like, everything was happening like I wanted it. I, I like, it was, like, weird to say because, like, it sounds so crazy, but, like, I literally felt like by the end of that year, 2003, 13 i'd be in the big leagues like i was i was so focused in that and i was throwing through bicep tendonitis like it didn't bother me but when that fucking oh and i heard a in the back of my shoulder mm-hmm. i got a little scared and then i forced it that's when david peralta was still in indie ball it was his last season in indie ball before he got picked up by the arizona diamondbacks and i remember facing amarillo and i really wanted to shove it up amarillo's ass because they were the best team at the time and I didn't do good. I only lasted four innings opening day um, against them, and I was all yipped up. And then I finally, you know, like, you know, think my shit don't stink, and I forced it. Like, I just, like, I could feel, like, you know, like, if you've ever tweaked the back of your shoulder, like, you're throwing. It doesn't matter how warm you get. It just feels like someone's fingers back there. Yeah. And I just forced it, man. And then I couldn't even think. Like, I was just constantly thinking about my shoulder, like, every pitch and didn't do good. And I heard there was a shit ton of scouts in the stands that day because I just came off two straight outings of striking out nine guys and going seven innings and got up to 97 against St. Paul's up to 96. And then I touched 97 various times in Wichita. And, you know, I didn't want to miss that window because I was like, first quarter of the season, if you blow noise, you will get out. So I could taste it and forced it and then, you know, ultimately just packed my shit. Uh, Mexicali wanted me to go to the Norte uh, and TJ for the playoffs. I was like, why am I going here? I drove 14 hours straight, get there, and I'm like, why am I here, man? I'm t- I-, I told the GM, I don't want to na- name names, or but I told the GM, I was just like, yo, man, my shoulder feels like shit, or my elbow feels like shit at the time. He goes, it's all good, just come. I was like, what? He's like, I'll pay you still. I was like, what? All right. So I go. And he goes, he thought I needed, like, an extra couple of days. Yeah. Like, I didn't. I, he's like, what? Oh, you're, you can't pitch at all? Why are you here then? I'm like, bro, I just drove 14 hours from El Paso to TJ, bro. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. yeah. And then so I go home, and my elbow feels like shit. I'm like, what? You know, just, I was on the top of the world, and then now I'm just like, well, 2013's over. You know, uh, yeah. go to, I was kind of depressed to be honest with you, but like I had so much, uh, so much left over from that DGAF that clicked in my head and all that winter ball experience that I got with, cause I felt like I, I leaped over. Like I was like mentally like Pecos league arriving into Mexicali. And when I left, I felt like I was all of Oscar Villarreal and Jorge Campillo's wisdom just got embedded into my brain because they were with me, like, all the time. Yeah. 
and uh, it helped so much. Like it literally was like total immersion, where every shagging session, every dinner, every party in Mazlan, all, all that, those fools were like, like I don't know if the GM was telling them to do it or what, but yeah. they were on yeah. me. And then I think it was because I pinched my shoulder. I was second half of 2012. I actually, it something clicked because. After that horrible start at Kuyakon, uh, they pulled me off to the side and they're like, yo, man, you've been here for half a season. You haven't figured shit out. You know, like I was still long tossing, thinking that was the answer. Yeah. But really, I was just stretching my arm out. I wasn't getting better at pitching. So then I bought in, went, showed up early, started crushing stuff. And the next thing you know, I started fucking shoving, like shoving. Like I was I in the seventh inning, I would be the dude, you know, um, for the second half. Pinched my shoulder made the the playoff roster but i couldn't uh do it because i i just couldn't pitch i couldn't throw like i couldn't lift my arm up but they said hey just stay and i'll still pay you uh you don't you could you could travel with us if you want or you could go home and then just come for the home games so i did that i got paid for all three series of the playoffs and i wasn't even playing it's fucking tight yeah, they, so, they do. They definitely take care of you. That's what I noticed on there in the, in the LMP, as opposed to the the summer league. Like, they they kept guys around who were off the roster. Um, one of my one of my good friends right now is named Jake Fox, big leaguer, Cubs. Um, I played all over the place, but catcher, outfielder, and um, guy like they bring him in to be like the heart of the locker room because uh, when we were in there in Mochi's, it was um, you know it was just clicky. You know, you got how that gets sometimes in there. Not too many guys trying to get things together. You know, we didn't have too many big league guys, but just to seem like everybody was on their own agenda. Well, he shows up halfway through the season, and it's just like was our was our bio on your team emojis then? Yeah, yeah, Julian Arbio. Yeah, he's a good buddy of mine too. Yeah, that was before. I don't know if you heard he uh, he, he uh, had his elbow cleaned out. He, he uh, he's on the yeah, show right that, now. Yeah, he told me. Uh, he told me. Uh, oh no, he told me. When I first went to Mexicali and then Norte, he was on that Augie Lucho's team. No, he wasn't on the Augie Lucho's team, was he? Yeah, maybe he was. Him and um, what's his face, Sanchez. Yeah. They were yeah. Sanchez is a beast now, bro. He yeah. got his elbow. Yeah, I didn't he, even. He, had the, he, was he had the same like, thing in me. He broke. He fractured his elbow. Yeah, he was throwing like fucking upper eighties and just like you know. They, those two guys are playing on that that the that's that like adult team that they pull, they scrimmage or they uh, they do you know you know game they play games against Mexicali in like the preseason yeah so they can get, get them ready and, yeah yeah I remember seeing them like our this I saw our bio pitch and I was like oh this guy's pretty good for this like this adult league or whatever I was like this is pretty yeah. good and. Then, and then I really got to know him in uh, Sentinelas. I was in Sentinel. Uh, so yeah, he's a buddy, good buddy of mine. We so talked a lot. Did you ever play in uh, Rosarito? Yeah. So like the first. Uh, that was the first. Team I was on. Oh really? In yeah. 2012. Yeah. Oh yeah, I pitched in Rosarito because the first game I pitched was I met them in in Tecate. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck is this yeah, garbage? Yeah. <laughs> That feels unbelievable, huh? I was waiting for the – I had to wear the starting pitcher from yesterday's hat um, for my start. Yeah. And um, 
Then the second start was in Ensenada. No, not Rosarito. It was Ensenada. Ensenada, yeah. That's where, yeah, that's where my second start was. And then when I got there and I saw the Coca-Cola Tecate girls and the fucking fans in, like, a yeah. nicer facility, I was like, this is – I could pitch here. This is cool. Yeah. Um, this is best environment I ever pitched in at that time. So mm-hmm. I was like, this is cool. And then um, – yeah, and then that we uh, we lost the second game. The the second game, I pitched the first game. I th- uh, no, yeah, I pitched the second game. We lost the third game, so we were out or whatever. We didn't keep going, uh, and then from there, uh, you know, then I ended up in LMP or whatever. Um, but I did play again. I did pitch against Rosarito when I was in the Sentinelas. Toad, where did you go to Rosarito? Yeah, I did all right against so, them. I tried to explain to people because, like, I have buddies that I work with now here in San Diego that that, that basically still playing in Sonata, and they're like, oh, yeah, I hit a bomb off you, blah, blah, blah. I was like, if you hit a bomb off me in Rosarito, it was a 13U all-dirt field that was 310 feet all the way around. You could get jammed, and it was on the, you know, on the, you remember that road that was over there? You know, you had that, that brick wall, and then on the road, like, People would just launch balls over that thing. It's just absolutely ridiculous, you know, as far as oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. how far you could hit the ball and everything. But, yeah, I mean, it's it, my first that experience was, with, with that, with that terrible. was just, what in the world is this? You know, and I came from Santa Fe, where, you know, Santa Fe is 6,000 feet up. The ball flies in Santa Fe in the Pecos League, and then I go to that, and I'm like, I'm the same shit. I'm the exact same shit. This is no different. But yeah, somehow that, I that nutted big, up, you know? That, who's that big black dude that played in Asia and then uh, that was on that team? He was a hitter. Um, oh, um. Big, tall, first baseman. God, I don't, we went through yeah, so many guys. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't remember what his name was. Dude, that game, that's when I realized how stupid I was uh, that whole offseason. Because the first outing, I was a little yipped up. I didn't think I was going to be yipped up. Um, but because I walked away. I walked away from LMP. Um, I don't know why, man. I don't know what the fuck was wrong with me. I walked away from LMP in 2013 so I could go fix my forearm flyout. <laughs> so stupid. Uh, I think my GM had about had it with me at that point because missed the playoffs because I had a pinched shoulder. All right, that's fine. Then go home early from any ball, and they were in cahoots. Like the El Paso team in Mexicali was kind of like a feeder kind of. Yeah. So then I leave early from there, and then I go then I go to the playoffs. I'm like, yeah, I'm not pitching in your playoffs in Norte. So he's like, all right, another another what the fuck. Casillas, yeah. and then show up to um, uh, uh, preseason in the winter ball, and I fucking, I just had it like, I literally at that point just thought my shit didn't stink, which which good, because I did really good uh, in the baseball fest. You know, oh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the Mexican baseball fest. Yeah. First outing, uh, it, it might have been against Mochi's. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I just had a, you know, one, two, three inning at Two Ks and a little dribbler, a third baseman, like just shoved up to 93, which was good because my elbow felt like dick. So I was like, I feel good for preseason right now. Mm-hmm. I haven't really thrown since since uh, July. So I was like, just, I'm back to where I was. And then that I got cocky and like we were in TJ and I've never and like this was a season where I was like, I'm just gonna have a good ass time. When got wasted. 
wasted in TJ. And the next day, I couldn't even function. When I went to go play catch, it literally like felt like someone just shattered my arm and then glued it all together, and then I had to like throw. Yeah. And it was weird because my arm felt great uh, for that inning. And then I forced it again because I heard Brito was in the stands, like while I was warming up and yeah. it just was not getting loose, man. And my bicep was throbbing, forced it, went out there. I was like, it'll, it'll loosen up in the game. Then it did it. It was a long, it was kind of a long inning. I kind of got hit around more than I got yet, but like, I just remember it pulsating so bad that when I walked off the field after the, I got out of the inning, I walked into the back screen of the stadium because yeah. I was like, so like I was trying not to cry because it hurt so bad, yeah. and then I went in there, and then my GM was just like, "Yo, man, why the fuck? Like, why don't you just tell somebody that your arm didn't feel good? You fucking just wait till Arizona. Like, you don't need a pitch. You just pitched a day ago. Like, now I'm. I don't know if you're just saying that because you sucked, or you know. I'm like, bro, look at the chart. I'm fucking topping out at 86. A day ago, I was up to 93. You're fucking, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So now I'm back to being scared. And we're in Arizona, and I'm playing catch. Like, if now back thinking about it, like, I've I've done velo days with that same amount of pain. I just didn't view it the same way. Um, so I, I missed all of the preseason, started to play catch while we were there. And then opening day came around, and I did it again like a dumbass. Um, those guys, you know, only the starters – and people who were going to be playing in Obergone for opening day 2013, they took the bus from Arizona there. And then the other guys, the other starting pitchers and the guys that weren't playing, went to Mexicali to practice and do work or whatever. And then GM's like, yo, go get your rehab shit in and, like, throw your bullpen, whatever. I was like, all right. And I get there. I'm like, I'm going to go home. I'm going to go to L.A. And then I'll meet you guys back on opening day. And then he calls me opening day and goes, hey, um, I'm going to send you, uh, I'm going to send you to Veracruz. Uh, and if you, if it goes well, prove that you're healthy and then we'll bring you back. And I just felt like the same feeling from the Pecos league thing. In, in the Veracruz on Yeah. I didn't go though. Oh, I was he in that call- too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. That would have been but, hilarious. Yeah. He called me and he goes, I'm in LA, right? So my dumb ass, I probably wouldn't have got that phone call or if I would have just stayed in Mexicali, but yeah. I think that was like the straw that broke the camel's back. Mm-hmm. Um, then my, my buddy and roommate, Edgar Gomez was like, did, had a really good spring. So like all these young kids were actually doing really, really well. I'm over there like, Oh, my arm, you know, when really, I didn't really have it. now after training for so long and fighting through pain, that was so dumb. And, I told him when he called me, <clears throat> I was like, you know what, man? I think that I know how to fix this. Uh, and going to play in the Veracruz League is not the way to do it. I'm going to go to Houston, train at the baseball ranch, and uh, uh, fix this forum flyout that's causing all my problems. And then I'm going to come back better than ever. But in reality, when he to- if he would have told me just – uh, nothing, and I would have just showed him back up to Mexicali. I would have ended up throwing through it and been fine. But I think I was very embarrassed because I had a, some hoopla in 2012 a little bit. And then I was the Nuvato that was, you know, 
that was yeah. coming in fresh face, you know, that's going to yeah, fucking sure. make noise uh, through hard and all this shit. So that and then having such a great kickoff to 13 and then just again beat down, show up, have a great baseball fest preseason where everyone's talking, damn, Casillas, like, he's, like, different now, you know, and then you're going to Veracruz. I just felt like I was better. Like, I just, I was just embarrassed. So I was like, fuck that. I'm going to go fix this shit. I'm going to sit 97 with Ron Wolforth, and then all my problems will be solved. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, sure enough, obviously no phones ring for 2014 kickoff season. So I'm calling, I call, I call Mexicali, and I'm like, hey, I need a place to pitch. And they're like, all right, well, it's gonna the only place I got for you is Sentinelas. I'm like, what the? I'm like, fine. I get there. And the fact that I that some of the kids knew who I was from the LMP, like the 18-year-olds on the team, Yeah. I was more embarrassed. And the fact that, like, I saw our bio there and, like, he saw me in 2012 when I was in the big team. And, like, just, like, I felt like I got demoted. Yeah. And that I was like washed up, this weird feeling. And I just remember first day of playing catch in, uh, uh, where's that? And, uh, where was the team in, uh, next door, um, next Cali? Not Tecate, the other one. Uh, San Luis. Yeah. We were there playing catch. No, it was Ensenada, I think. Yeah. First series of Ensenada. We'll go over there to play catch. I'm so yipped, bro. I don't know where it came from, but it was just, I just remember being just really embarrassed and trying to, trying to, you know, feel like a veteran, but I just was embarrassed to be there, just like the whole thing. So, anyways, anyway, again, long story short, got released from there, and that's how I ended up in driveline, and then, uh, I got offered to play for the Pericos, and uh, Puebla said no. Um, Still can, yeah. still can. They're they're take they're taking photos anytime you want, man. Really? Yeah. Um, yeah, but, yeah, so, my own fear of getting injured just really fucked a lot of shit up. Okay, so, I'm gonna take that, or what you just said right there, because of everything you told me, I, I learned something after, um, and I, you know, some of the people that follow this and know me, you know, I broke my elbow my senior year of college, didn't throw for three years, and, and... Where'd, where'd you go to college? I went to the University of West Florida in Pensacola, and got semi-yipped up myself from my uh, coach there simply on the fact of um, I really enjoyed throwing and training and went, you know, in the college summer, went and played in the Jayhawk League, went and played in the Valley League, did really well, got my velo up, had, you know, had really good um, games and was able to get some attention and had some people following me. But I get back from those things and my coach is telling me, look, I've been there, you got to stop throwing. You got to shut it down. You've thrown too much, and I'm like, all right, this guy knows, you know. And I'm, but not listening to my body, like going like my bot, my arm feels fine. Like you can't tell me I'm tired. I'm throwing pen. I'm still throwing cheddar in the pen. You know, it's not coming out weak. I'm not missing. Nothing hurts. Like, okay, let's listen to this guy, you know. Um, so I take all those life experiences and stuff, and I got some um, some family that are physical therapists. And I kind of developed this thing where after talking to my uncle, who used to be a physical therapist for the Braves AAA up in Virginia, um, and uh, I don't remember what city over there in Virginia. Anyway, um, 
I start kind of developing this thing like, well, when I don't throw, like, my arm feels terrible. Like, it doesn't stay loose. But when I throw all the time, my arm feels great. Like, I'm looking at the summer. Like, we're, we're playing, you know, summer college ball. College, you, you might play four games a week, maybe three, three games a week. Some of them are going to be double headers, you know, stuff like that. And so I start going like, okay, I start doing some research online and, and start going from there. And I'm saying that um, when I throw more often, my arm feels loose and I'm gaining where I want. You know, I wasn't long tossing it as often. I'm starting on these teams. And so I kind of developed this, this theory in my head after talking to my uncle, after doing research, that after like seven days, the elasticity of tendons and muscles of not being used start to shrink, right? So I take this um, information that I remember after listening to my coach, after throwing a pitch, breaking my elbow, rehabbing all the way back, two different surgeries, and now even to this day, in six years, I have not stopped throwing in six years, uh, more than six days. And the six days are actually I got stuck in Mexico City where my bags got sent to TJ and I'm literally stuck because the plane breaks down and then things are overbooked. I'm in a hotel. Um, they change, you know, people who've ever been to the Mexico City airport, they could change you from one side to the other and you would just not know. There's no app update. The stuff is never correct on the screens. You know, you're staring and it said you're going to, to whatever gate 37 but it says, instead of saying Tijuana, it might say Jalisco or Cancun on it. And you're like, well, is this the right one? You know, you got to go double check four or five times. So I think there's a big difference in, and this is what I want to, with your experience, I wanted to compare with you. I think there's a huge difference in playing catch, max effort throwing, long toss, and pitching. And I think where I say where I haven't stopped throwing in six years it would literally be playing catch. Like even my post day, like you were just talking about with your elbow pain, I play catch even if it's like doing lessons throwing BP where it's like under 50% throwing and maybe for 10 minutes. I think that that value to my arm is really what's able to, you know, like, like we were talking about. I went nine innings in TJ yesterday through 140 pitches and was throwing harder in the ninth inning than I was in the first inning because, you know, I turned, I turned my brain off, was able to throw cheddar. You know, so what do you think about that process? Because, you know, I see a lot of people say, you got to rest, you got to rest, you got to rest. And I think there is a point of that. But I think just in my own experience of like, you know, not literally not having, dude, I threw 140 pitches yesterday and I'm good. Like today I'll be fine. I'm, I'm going to go throw some BP to some guys, work on some dudes in just a minute, work on some VLO, plyo care stuff. And I could probably, if I absolutely had to, like, let's say Game 7 World Series right now. By the way, how do you not start Kershaw if he was ever going to pitch? We'll leave that later, though. Like, um, I, could, I could go Game 7. Yeah, I could give you one or two today if I really absolutely had to. So what do, you, what do you think with your experience and the training and the research and the stuff that you've done? Have you heard anything like that? Is that something that sounds semi-okay? Or what do you think? Because I, I think listening to your body and everybody's different is really one of the things but that side of it yeah well i mean a trainer i had in high school named glenn reyes and i think i honestly think if you would have stuck to it because there was a weird shift in baseball training at you know when i entered college um 
he was a pioneer, man. He was training Delman Young when Delman Young was on the cover of Sports Illustrated in ninth grade. Like, um, he was training him all throughout high school. He had all the big leaguers. He had Carl Pavano, and Carl Pavano got his $20 million contract, all that shit. Anyways, but he would always tell me, get homeschooled, just train. Get homeschooled, just train. He would tell me, and it was like too, too, too far ahead of everything. And he, the way he was training guys looked ridiculous if you didn't know what Soviet, you know, uh, you know, uh, Soviet training looked like for sprint athletes and, and throwers and all this, because you're doing gnarly shit. Like, even to this day, it looks gnarly. It's too advanced for a lot of people to wrap their head around. But he was getting results. He was making people fast and whatever. But he would tell me, you know, rest is atrophy, uh, and I can't stop, you know, uh, once you build it. And then, and then Kyle, uh, his first T-shirt he had was on the back of it said, rest is atrophy. Now, that's not saying you don't take after a full season. You don't take two weeks off. I know Bauer, Bauer always takes two weeks off for his arm and then two weeks off maybe for his brain, um, you know, just to kind of, you know, be excited about it again. Um, but in two and a half years, uh, I only took off a total of maybe six weeks when I was training, maybe um, and I feel it, man. Like I haven't thrown in almost a year now. Not, it's not quite a year, a year yet, but I felt that after like two or three months of not throwing from doing it for so long that just whipping the ball without, you know, um, storing a rock or, you know, going to the carnival, like my arm felt terrible. And before that I would always take big, long periods off of throwing because, you know, I, I was under the impression that if your arm uh, felt like shit, you were doing something wrong. So I thought that you could throw for hours without it, it ever feeling bad if you did it right, if you stayed relaxed or whatever, which is kind of bullshit. Um, uh, but I would throw two-hour bullpens with my old pitching coach and, like, be fine the next day. like And max effort, too. like not any, But anyways, um, I think that it's very important to not stop uh i i did i did also learn that in mexico because i remember i'm like how am i going to keep throwing my arm felt like dick first half of that season when i was all yipped up and then all of a sudden i got this second wind where my arm felt great it was very weird um and and that was the first time i played like year like oh like two seasons you know completely so I think that it, it's one of those things, if you don't use it, you lose it. So I think that now people mistake that is you could you could play light catch, you know, take two weeks off of absolutely nothing after a full year of throwing, but then you just do light catch and you on-ramp yourself back up to max effort, but you don't stop the, the throwing. You could maybe dwindle it down at twice a week, three times a week, but you don't stop moving, you know. Yeah, like, I think I think that's exactly what the process. What I'm saying about that, you know, because that's where, yeah. you know, is is that's where I've noticed the biggest gains in myself as well as the guys that I'm training over here in, in San Diego. It's like, you know, especially with college guys, for example, you know, we have that three and a half week break where school's out, the coaches shut it down, 
and you know they want they give you your your training and your throwing program but how honest are you with it and everything and they told me at that time that year that I got hurt in college was like hey we want you to stop like they shut me down from like November into January and then started me back up and you know I'm hitting the gym doing everything and then looking back on it yeah I'm getting the getting the gym getting stronger things are getting tighter um, but I'm not keeping the elasticity of the arm by throwing, by keeping the motion like we're talking about, maybe playing catch, medium to light catch, you know, nothing crazy with that. So, you know, that's something that I really emphasize, like especially like some kids that go out and throw, even if, you know, if you're building, if you're on-ramping your innings and everything you're doing, I go, here's, here's what's going to suck. The next day, it is highly important that you go out and play catch maybe to 60 or 70 feet for 10 to 15 minutes at under 50%. And it's going to suck for those first throws, right? But I promise you, 10 to 15 minutes in, you're going to throw, and then things you're going to start feeling things loosen up. And as long as you don't push it, once you get to that point and you shut it down, you're going to feel so much better that following day, and you're going to be able to cut that recovery time down. You know? Do you agree with that? Yeah, I think that, uh, like, for me, after after a start, uh, when I was really yipped up, meaning, like, you know, I, I did fine uh, those pro seasons where I call it a yipped up, but I was throwing strikes. I was just walking maybe, you know, four, four to every nine or no, four to six per nine. Um I think it was more like six when I was yipped up, but I mean, that's not terrible. You know, uh, I made up for it with like strikeouts, whatever. But like at that point I felt like I could miss a day of throwing afterwards. So I kind of like do too much, like, cause I was trying to prove it to myself that my shit was on point. Uh, and then my arm would always feel like shit, you know? Um, then as I got a little bit savvier, I was like, I would trust more. My shit's already there. So I didn't really, I would do stuff more to make my arm recover um, so I could get ready to, to, to perform in the game. So after a start, uh, I knew for me, if I threw past a certain point, it would start getting achy and I would just try to keep it never from getting achy because then it'll, you know, fucks up the recovery for me. So I would do very light, you know, band stuff. If I felt like, uh, pretty sore that day a little bit, I would just, I wouldn't even throw, I would just do wrist weights, I would do reverse throws, I would do bands, I would lift, and and then that would be my recovery for the day, and then the next day I would do a light catch, see where, where I want to go out to, and then the next day I'd throw a little pen, and then, you know, I'd take the next day completely off, and then I'd be ready to go for max effort again in the game, but that's in season. Um, in in uh, training, uh, I literally, you know, might maybe I only throw uh, if, if I'm really hanging after a, a tough velo day. You gotta you 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 gotta be able to be flexible and creative within the compounds of the the, the structure. Like your, your recovery day might state X amount of throws, but if your shit is fucking hanging that day, you don't stop moving. You still do. Some of it, you may taper down the amount of sets or reps or the weight of in the implements you're using, or maybe you only do the warm-up routine that day and then you shut it down. You got to listen to your body to some degree. You can't just 
you know, bull nose. You got an, it's a real fine line between being an idiot and being a bitch, basically. You know, um, and I think, I think people just, the, the takeaway here is don't stop moving. Um, don't, if it, if it, if it, do what you can do. Uh, don't focus on what you can't do. Focus on what you can do, um, given the circumstances. And I think that's the key to recovering quicker um, and making your, keeping your arm feeling pretty good, you know. And I took that same approach when I messed up my SI joint. I was, like, hip thrusting, like, I don't know, like six plates or something stupid. I have a video of it on my Instagram. Uh, and I, I just I just extended too, too far one time, and I pinched it. Oh, my God. I couldn't even... I couldn't even sit in my car. I had to walk around with a, with a powerlifting belt on. I'd have to hold my breath to sit down. It was bad. I developed migraines from it. And I remember normally the old approach would be like, all right, fucked up my back. I'm just going to chill and not do anything until it goes away. And then I'll start the process. The problem with that is you just atrophied everything. Now you got to start from ground zero. Yeah. Where this time I was like, fuck this shit. I'm going to attack this shit head on. I'm going to do what I can do. So I started doing rack pulls with only like a, a 10 on each side, then a 25 on each side. I did box squats with like a high box with just kettlebells. I, I uh, did everything that I, that I was doing before, but bear, what I could tolerate. Yeah. When I messed up the back of my, tr- uh, back of my elbow, I would, I would do like 30 to 50% effort blue ball because that's the only one that didn't really bother me that much. And I would just do like hundreds of them at very low intensity. And then within a few days, you know, it cut the, 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 the lag time of injury down by half, I would say. And when I, when I was feeling normal again, I I didn't need a, I didn't need a build up again. I was, I didn't, I didn't miss a step because I didn't stop moving. I was maintaining to some degree, what I already had, you know. Yeah, that so. makes sense. That's, I like that. I like that a lot. All right, so yeah. let's move on to some of my favorite stuff here. Now, like I was saying before, when I found some of your stuff, you know, I reached out to you. Um, you know, the the internet is being an amazing thing of resource and stuff. But you're you you started going on these ramps maybe what a year ago. I'm not quite sure when really you started or not, but it was. You know, Fernando, it was, even before Fernando, I remember there was just some stuff where it was just degas life and just, like, things that basically you would see online that you have way more balls than I do to actually just get in, just let it. I mean, I would do it, but I would just be like, you know, locker room or at a facility or whatever and be like, dude, did you see this? Like, you know, like we were talking about before, you know, I was just saying, like, if you were going to throw Kershaw at all, how do you not start him? I don't understand. Like... I get it, rotation day, blah, 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 but, so, the rants, like, what, what was, do you have, like, a specific incident that really just, where, what, what kicked it off, you know, and, and, because it obviously felt good, because you definitely, you still do them, you, you keep going through, um, did I lose you, by the way? No. Okay, cool, I just, noise cut out in the background, um, you know, what do you, what do you feel like? What do you feel like, what, what was the birth of the rants? Because if, if you guys haven't seen the rants, they're amazing. Like, I hope you have all of those saved as well, you know, because that's, you know, those should be on YouTube immediately. I, I don't have them all saved because I, I don't like the way it looks uh, up and down. Uh, 
So I'm gonna. I have. I have a lot of uh, uh, DGAF calls, and I have. I have some rants saved. Uh, I'll get DMs and be like, "Can you save that and send it to me?" So then I'll save it and send it. Um, but um, I don't know. That that I I can recreate. I can recreate the rants. I mean, it's not on the fly like a rant is, but um, it'll come back to me. The same things that bother me are probably going to bother me for a very long time. I don't see them being solved anytime soon. <laughs> so, um, so anyways, I, my other Instagram, um, I used to, when I, when I moved up to Washington and all that stuff, um, I would post all my training and I would post all this stuff and like, get like 25 likes and mind you on a selfie, I get like 200 likes, uh, on that one. Uh, because it's like friends, families, you know, stuff like that. So they're like, okay, cool. So unless you really, really, really know me and know what I'm doing and like me, like you'll like it just like, cause you're like, what are you posting this for? You know, it didn't really yeah, make exactly. sense. Exactly. Yeah. And then, um, um, so I got this nickname Flama. I, I didn't like it at all. Um, I don't like La Flama Blanca, which that was the original one. And then slowly I dropped the La and then I kept Flama Blanca and now it's just Flama. And then, you know, that's it. Uh, so I remember, uh, Kyle Bodie was like, um, oh no, this guy, Christian Meister who was with the Indians. He's in Australia pitching right now in the ABL. Uh, he found out I played in Mexico. He's like, oh, like Kenny Powers? And I was like, nah, man. Fuck, I'm actually Mexican. It'd be funny if I was a white dude and, like, went down there. Yeah, okay. Then it just like, well, oh, shit, the blah, blah, blah. And then, like, everybody just erupts laughing. And I'm like, over here, my dad used to call me El Matador when I was a little kid as a pitcher. So I got Matador on my glove. Like, I'm just like, I'm Matador, like, I'm going to get to the big leagues, and they're going to call me El Matador. They're going to play the Matador music. I'm going to come out. Like, I had it in my head already. You know, these fuckers are throwing salt on it and call me Flama Blanca. I just picture Jerry Curls and some cheesy, cheesy <laughs> Joe. And a and donkey. I, yeah, I was getting so mad. And then um, Kyle was like, I'll make a deal with you. Because throwing gas on an indoor mountain is very difficult. Yeah, it's more, more so for pros than it is for um, – for, for younger guys. Um, but anyways, he's like, throw 96 off the indoor mound or 100 with the 5-ounce 6 or 7, whichever one comes first, because uh, I used to suck at pulling down really bad. And uh, my first pull down there was like 87, and the same day the mound was 95, so go figure. Um, so he goes, whichever one comes first, I'll give it to you. And I'll, I'll call you whatever you want. And then I remember I pulled down a uh, hundred with the six ounce, and then he goes, "All right, fuck it, you know, Matador, whatever your name is, you know." And at that point, I'm like, "It's already been like two months, Flama." So I was just like, you know what? If, if I ever did make it to the big leagues, and I'm coming out of the gate, and then Vin Scully, it goes, "Oh yeah, they, you know." Uh, father used to call him El Matador but up in Washington they call him Flama Blanca I'm gonna lose like everyone's just gonna call yeah. me Flama you know yeah. so I was like whatever I'll just go with it and then 
you know, meanwhile, no one's liking my shit, and it's kind of, I felt like annoying, but that's all, that's what my life had become now, was baseball, like, training all the time, so I was like, I'm just gonna make a mock, like, make fun of myself, almost, and start an Instagram that's just, you know, my style, Flama's style, and then I started posting videos of what I was doing, and then I started, you know, I didn't have that many followers at the time, but I would every single person that followed me at that time DM me about it. So I'd wake up to like 50 to 100 people asking me something about, because I was really detailed on what the fuck I was thinking or doing on the video. And then I started to be like, oh, fuck, like, I have a community now that, like, gives a fuck about these videos. And that's really what my overall purpose was for baseball. Um, big, big picture was to you know, impact and, and help change stuff and be of service almost. So I just got addicted to it. Right. And then, uh, then I started asking my influencer friends that have, you know, make a ton of money off social media. So then I started, you know, diving in, but then I started my mentorship thing. Well, first I started selling lifting programs because at that time driveline didn't offer a lifting program. Um, so I was obsessed with powerlifting. I was, I was like, literally, I would go to bed at like six in the morning every day watching bench, squat, deadlift videos. I would literally probably overdid it. I got really, really strong, really, really fast. I was obsessed. Uh, anyway, so did that. Next, you know, I got a client, little clientele going, and I started the mentoring part of it. And then I started doing Driveline's affiliate thing with the promo code, and I made it good amount of money with that and then it just like for how small of a following i had i think i had like 1500 people but all those people were paying attention really closely at that yeah time. and then i tried to grow it and then my rental uh real estate kind of took over and i was making good money with the real estate so then i took off the promo code i got i got a deal with a7 fitness at that time and that was like three years ago. Now I'm thinking about it. And I just kind of took my foot off the gas. Like, I just like, I was like, you know, fuck this. You know, I was too busy with the rental thing. I was like, pays way better than fucking training some J Brones. So, um, I don't know. I just took my foot off. And then, uh, the rant started off Snapchat. Um, I had a Snapchat and I literally, it was called truth bombs at the time. So uh, I was just like, truth bombs, and I would just shit on people, or shit on someone, or get some pussy-ass question I got, and at that time, people were like, coming at me, like if I said something, they would try to talk shit, or combat me, and I would just destroy them, then I think, I don't know if people got scared, or they just agree with me all of a sudden, because no one talked shit to me, really. Yesterday, someone kind of tried to talk shit to me, but then when I when I revealed what I was, I meant, he kind of backed off and kind of agreed to. So I don't know. Um, so that's how it started. And me and Kyle would do these truth bombs and we'd be sitting in our car driving and then just giving facts about like reality. And then, you know, guys really liked those truth bombs. I was just talking shit cause it was funny in the car, you know? Exactly. That's and, what, that's what I found on it. I was just like, I, I saw it for what it was. Like it was definitely, it was like, almost a a wwe character situation of like we're gonna take this 
this, you know, almost like you, you to me, like I, I explained it some way, like I hope you take this as a compliment, but you were like a baseball Ric Flair for me, like of what was going on, like just yeah. going in, like high riding alligator, like you just, just, and I was just like, dude, this guy is captivating. I just remember, as I honestly remember there was a specific moment. I'm in the sauna after a good gym session, feeling good, and I think either the Instagram stories had just started or the Snapchat. I don't remember which one, or maybe yeah, like, even put it directly I, on I, it. I don't remember which yeah, what it was, but I, I just I started, remember being like, yeah. At, this, at that time, there was no Snapchat stories, and I had my my Snapchat. My Snapchat. I didn't know because I'm stupid. Um, that Snapchat is directly uh, connected to uh, directly connected to. Um, your phone number so people could you know add you or whatever without you you know even telling them you have one so all of a sudden all these normal people that are in my network of friends started following me and adding me and i'm over here truth bombs like you fucking pussy fernando this like you know degaff that and they're like what are you talking about shut up i'm like fuck and like too many like i'm talking about like i got like 1200 people that weren't baseball related, like paying attention, and it just killed it. Like then I started talking about, like it, it made me filter myself a little bit. Like, so I started a different Snapchat. Doesn't have the same thing. The other one was getting like 900 views on every truth bomb, and then the new one gets like 200. And I don't even like Snapchat. I, I kind of use it just to kind of like talk shit to people, like in secret. Like I'll send send my assistant. Uh, a fucking <clears throat> screenshot of his dirty shoes on the carpet when he's supposed to be the example of the house of like picking shit up, stuff like that. But um, yeah, that's where Truth Bomb started. And if you think about it, I mean, that's how I look at it. Is Flama is not me. It's not me as a, as Alex Casillas um, or like how The Rock is The Rock, and then there's you know, Dwayne Johnson, like, you know, there's two different people. Uh, it's a character, it's an alter ego that allows you to be who you need to be in order to get where you want to go because who you really are is really not equipped to do what you need to do. Exactly, um, yeah. Yeah, so I think it's important to, to do uh, the alter ego. Uh, my alter ego, you know, that 2013 season was Matador, was... I finally stepped into that what the vision I had of what Matador was, but I thought that Alex was Matador, but it, but Alex, Alex David, whatever, what isn't Matador? Um, Flama and Matador are like the same thing, um, and it's it's that savage performer, the one that goes, oh, nothing personal, just business, and I could never do that because. I'd be too nice or people pleaser or I don't want them to miss out or I don't want them to lose money or, or I don't want them to look bad. But then Flama don't give a fuck if you look bad. As long as it's ethical, it's like, Hey, I'm right. Go fuck yourself. Like, sorry, you just suck. Like, I can't help you. Like, you know, and, um, I would always have conflicting desires between the two worlds and being able to create a character that I could, just walk into and be when it when it was called for it helps a lot so yeah i totally i totally agree like with so your side of it and my like you you actually helped me with that with like being able to 
on like you said, like have an identity. I don't I don't really have a name for that thing of what it is, but like mine's a little bit of the you know I don't I I understand everybody wants to be a lion and everything you know, but I just got to the point Not you know a lion. yeah well that was the kind of a popular thing a while ago you know where where for me even I wanted I I I don't know if I went one step further, but the analogy for me that worked was a little bit more of a shark like if you stop swimming you know, you die or, you know, blood in the water. And I developed this thing where like when I would get on the mound, like literally like I'd feel like my eyes would get bigger and my nose would start flaring. And I would just be like, how, like it almost, if you stepped in the box, you disrespected me because you didn't know who I was just by stepping in the box and doing your thing. And like that you had a chance, you know, like how dare you think that you are just some I don't care who you are. I don't care what big league you came from. Like that, my, this just took over my head. Where it was like, you know, I had something to prove, not even to anybody, but like this inner demon inside of me. You know, whatever that shark smell that came through. You know, I had some, everybody has, you know, I know you've done a lot of research and I have too. But it seems like everybody has one acute incident or, or a, a section of their lives that really help them, you know, go the other way. You know, you got Michael Jordan getting cut from the basketball team, LeBron with the story with his mom and dad, Kobe with the whole overseas thing. You know, uh, there's a lot of things with the guys who've been the best of us. You know, Kershaw's even had his issues uh, with stuff in, the, in baseball. And, and for me, it was, it was very funny. I, I remember I have two distinct incidents. One, one I've, I've been told twice by people in, in, in my amateur college baseball to stop playing the game. And one was the, the, probably the most ridiculous thing anybody's ever heard was my junior college baseball coach told me that I was too smart to play baseball. And I couldn't process me at 19 going, what? What do you mean I'm too smart? He's like, yeah, man, you're good with computers. And, and I think I helped him with an Excel spreadsheet once or something. And I, like, it wasn't even a big deal. It was just like, organizing a thing and then doing an, an alphabetical or like there's buttons like there wasn't even anything that I did anything special like I didn't program shit or anything <laughs> it was just like an ex, it, I took a class on it and then you know I helped him organize some bullshit you know whatever it was but he's like yeah you're gonna cost yourself millions of dollars you play the game you you know and I it wasn't that I didn't see the writing on the wall you know they had dropped me down I threw sidearm I li, you know listening to too many people's ideas of what they thought was best for me instead of just going out, shoving, and just, you know, getting that killer instinct, you know, you know, from there. And then another incident, you know, I had my college university coach say there was nothing wrong with my arm. I was a big pussy. Uh, I'll never play professional baseball. So rehabbing back and everything, if I ever ran into a lull or anything, and even to this day, you know, like if there's anything, if I don't feel like I'm moving and working on something or you know, sending out a text to you or whoever to line up a podcast because I feel like people should know, you know, that's why I like Chance's um, podcast too. Like there's so many stories of people like out there that for some reason outside of high school and into college that people think it's all sunshine and rainbows. And I think it's the opposite. I think it's fucking dark clouds and lightning. And, you know, you got to navigate through those, those rough waters to, to really, you know, because the rare stories is like you've been, t I think you were talking about, the 98 or 99% recently and, and just that side of it where it was like, God, I just, that's the way I felt too, you know, even at the, the lowest of lows of, you know, getting hurt and yipping yourself up and not being able to go out and throw cheddar and, and figure out what's best for you, you know? So, 
that brings me to my next question because I'm having trouble with this myself. So one of my questions, and, and you, in your rants is where I'm, I'm segueing from, is, is you know, you've got to know what's best for you and yourself and your situation. And, you know, how do you in, in your mentorships, you know, are able to, to really get to guys and be like, you know, hey, maybe, maybe doing this isn't exactly what you like doing. Maybe you just like, you know, I think like Tanner, um, whatever, however you say his last name is, uh, <laughs> Rachelitis or whatever it is, you know, maybe you just Reclitis. like, yeah, maybe Rachelitis, yeah. Yeah, maybe you just like throwing cheddar balls into, you know, and watching a number come up. Maybe that's the side of the training. You know, maybe you don't like getting on the mound and getting so jacked up that, that you, you know, you yell on the mound. Or, or maybe that is something you like, you know? Like, what is that the side of the mentorship that you're going for where it's like, you know, the eye-opening thing? Um, yeah, as far as my mentorship goes is um... – in the beginning, you know, when all I was doing was lifting every day, throwing every day, eat, breathe, sleep, shit that. I only had one house at the time, and, and and you know, my buddies that I was training with were the ones renting from me at that time. Um, I was obsessed with writing these guys, custom lifting. Uh, the guys that were a little bit more advanced, uh, getting creative on which balls they use what you know only throwing off the mound or only doing you know like literally they would just let me do whatever the fuck and i feel like a ton of them got a, a shit ton of results because then later they moved up here and then they were some of the top performing guys here and they, i gave them the daily d gap i put it up like not a lot of guys did it the only guys that really really did it are the guys that were like desperate that like people don't realize that Non-yips is Clayton Kershaw when he's a savage. Uh, even Kershaw gets the yips. There's there's videos of him walking a guy with the bases loaded. Like, you can see the ball coming out of his hand a little funky. Like, it happens to everyone. Or those games where you just see their face and they're kind of – they're not fully there. They're still throwing – you know, getting outs or throwing strikes. It's like – that's still part of the yips. If you're thinking about anything other than that one thing and one thing only, it's a form of the yips. And there's degrees of it, right? A real terrible degree. Like the worst case scenario is you're, you can't even throw, you can't even like you can't even do anything. Like you're th airmailing it, spiking it. Like it just it's 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 hard to watch. Um, John Lester can't even pick off the balls of fucking first because he got the yips. Yeah. He can't even throw the ball. He doesn't. You know that? Yeah, I do know that. Yeah. He, he doesn't throw the ball first, ever. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, uh, so people don't realize that Andrew Miller, I heard, can't play catch. He has to back up to 90 feet and air the first couple out, and then he can throw. But he has to start at 90 feet. That's hilarious. Yeah. So I mean, there's a lot. People don't understand that this. Who is, is he with? Who is he with before the? Um... Red Sox? No, before the Red Sox. Keep going back. Who did he come up with? Was Marlins. it the Marlins? That's right. They, I think they originally yipped him up. Do you remember him in the College World Series? Uh, yeah. Oh, he was in the Yankees too. Yeah, but I, I mean, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, Go ahead. He was really, he was really, ex he was really electric at North Carolina. Yeah, he was 100 to 103. 
Yeah, no, but I think he was yipped up, like regardless. Like I don't think he was yipped up really in the in the in like at pitching in games. It was more yipped up just like just to hear that here's a dominant force that can't even play catch normally, you know, uh, which is understandable. It's like the, whatever you do, the more of you're going to get better at. So if you're just, I mean, you've, you've done it. We've all done it. It's like when you get a little comebacker to you and you just threw a ball max effort and now you're going to have to just lob it to the, yeah to the first baseman. It's like, bro, I'm not, it's either all or nothing. At this point. <laughs> but what I found from training so much and throwing so much and you, this is what I, I don't necessarily fully agree after training for as long as I did and experimenting with so many different variables. I don't think that weighted balls is what causes you to throw harder. Um, I like weighted balls because going from a four pound, two pound, all the way down to a two ounce ball and not losing feel and being able to adapt and be able to throw a curveball at a six ounce ball, four ounce ball, five ounce ball, it doesn't matter what. You can give me any ball and I can fucking throw it without losing feel. That's valuable. I could throw the ball from from ten feet away, normal, and I could it's like a crank. Like I could go my intensity level like this. It's like that's really when you master throwing when you could go full throttle and then taper it off, or when they give you a, a shitty ball and you can still throw it, like it doesn't fade you. The feel of it doesn't bother you because you're you've developed this. Uh, I, I can't. I always fuck it up when I say it. That's why I'm avoiding saying the word uh, proprioception or whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, that's what I really like about weighted balls is just picking up a random ball and like throwing it. Like I, sometimes I would just play catch and do long toss with like. One throw would be a four ounce. Next one in the bucket, I pull it out, it'd be eleven ounce, and the next one would be a nine ounce, and the next one would be a five ounce, and and I just was just warming up. Like I wasn't throwing a max effort, but just being able to do that, I found that everything just got way better. Um, I think that the key ingredient to this is going off topic, but going key ingredient to throwing the ball uh, harder, harder and faster than you ever have is really making a singular focus on moving what needs to move for you. For me, it was how fast can I move my hand or how fast could I whip my arm? I want to see how, how fast and electric I can move my arm. And for me, that made my body understand over time that in order to make this really fast, I need to relax everything else till the very last minute. And I'm going to explode the very last minute and coil up all that energy, all that adrenaline that's trying to come up like a thermometer. I'm going to push it down, like breathe it down and I'm going to un- unleash at the end. And, you know, cause I'm thinking about it. When I was a little kid, you know, I got up to 90, uh, I would touch 90, like 86 to 90, my junior year of high school, I was up to 92 in some showcases in my senior year. Uh, right when I, that summer, I was up to 93, um, like when I wasn't yip, that yipped up, um, and I always threw hard, everybody's like, oh, you know, uh, always talked about how hard I threw at that era, at that era, that was pretty hard, you know, in 2002, 2003, 2004, um, but 
when I was a little kid, I used to have cousins that played at USC. They were top dogs, and um, I'd play catch with them, and I'd try to freak them out, like throw it as hard as I fucking can. They'd be like, holy shit. You know, I think that I remember playing catch one time in my front yard, and my cousin, who's five years older than me, uh, I threw it really hard at him. I was mad at him. I don't know. And then he's like, oh, shit. And, like, he, like, he, like, moved out of the way, and I laughed, and I thought it was funny. So I was just like, I got a kick out of them freaking out. So I would just try to show off, and anything I did, I would just throw it as hard as I could. Football, tetherball, I was trying to fucking crush it. Volleyball, when we're playing at the pool on vacation, I would just try to, like, scare people. And everywhere I went, I would just try to throw everything. Football, um... I was known for throwing the shit out of it, like anything. And I think that gets developed. I wasn't necessarily throwing specific weights of balls to add velocity. However, my intent, my ability to to max out whatever I had inside me got developed at an early age. So I think that that's the key ingredient to throwing the shit out of it. Because there's a ton of guys in the big leagues that have never thrown past 90 feet or don't believe in weighted balls and throw fucking gas bro and for whatever reason they've synced up throwing it's not because they're big because obviously you got that kid that's huge yeah you know, he went throwing hard you know um it's not about that it's about it's about a aggression and an intensity level that you know that gets developed and i think guys could develop that with you know it doesn't matter you could throw a wiffle ball all day long or you could throw it doesn't matter what you throw you'll just get better at what you do more of uh, is what I found out. Hey. No, I like right. that. Right. I, I like that. I like where you went with that. Because I, 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 what I'm preaching, like the kid we were talking about, I think that every day is a different day with your body, and you don't know what 100% that day is. So if I'm going to maximize whatever my velocity is going to be that day, I've got to try to to get that feeling somehow. Like you said, some guys don't go past 90 feet, some guys do. You know, But even if you do or however you do it, you, there still has to be some form of feel to prepare the body, which is why I like the, you know, um, you guys call them pull-downs, step, shuffle, file, run and guns, whatever the name of it is, you know what I mean? But still, getting a momentum phase and then throwing and, and then understanding what you're throwing with. I, I really like what you said about your hand because I think that's one of the things that I think unlocks a lot of guys' brains. And, and I'll ask you this question because it's one of my – I'm going to ask you two questions. One of my favorite things to ask kids – when I first get there with dads, okay? So, what throws the baseball? What throws the baseball? Uh, well, the way I looked at look at it, uh, and the way that I was taught, um, when I really clicked in my head of what threw a ball is, um, obviously, it's more like a wave or um, a bullwhip. I like the bullwhip, bullwhip analogy and snapping a towel and, and a catapult is kind of like really... I think bullwhip... The one I would always use is the bullwhip uh, or a snapping of a towel or a wave because they're kind of similar. They're constantly moving. Um, so I think that it's, a, it's, it's the whole kinetic chain I mean, without getting too technical, I just think that um, the the ball is just in your hand um, for the ride. So 
Um, and then if you do everything right, and if you give the right commands to your bodies um, over time, then the the arm is like a rawhide, the rawhide string of the whip, if you will, and your lower half is kind of like the, the handle of the whip. Um, so for me, I see all these guys trying to move really fast down the mound. Uh, it fucks everything up. On a pull down, you have to uh, maintain momentum and block with the front leg. So it really has nothing to do with the back leg type of shit. From a standstill, you know, you uh, can't really generate much momentum with a fucking foot glued to the ground. So you need to be able to rotate really well and uh, allow the rawhide string to generate the 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 uh, the, mo- the energy in order to snap, right? So for me, I was calm before the storm. So I, I want to keep my motion the same pace that I walk in order to make this fast. So I knew that I have to move my body slower and more powerfully so that this could be fast. Because if I move my body too fast at the wrong time, it's like driving a stick shift car. And if you go from first gear to fourth gear, we all know what happens. So yeah. anyways, I don't, I don't know if there is an answer of what throws the ball. I think that the, the entire thing throws the ball. Um, and I think that um, in order to throw the ball really, 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 really well, you need to understand how to, um, you know, get not try to control specific. I don't know. It, I think it's a tough yeah. one, man. I think you got so, yipped on that one. I think you got yipped on yourself right yeah, there. Because I, I personally, yipped on that one because yeah. there's no. I, I yeah. don't think that one answer to that no there's not there's not that's but but so when i ask when i ask a guy like how that goes the the easy answer which is what i'm looking for and you started with was your hands because because if i put the because most of the time these these guys they come off of you know oh we need hip shoulder separation or you know it's you throw it with your legs because they're just repeating stuff that people have told them and i so you just do the simple thing if i put the ball in your hip is your hip going to throw the ball no. If I put the ball on your shoulder, is your shoulder going to throw the ball? No, your elbow. No, your hand throws the ball, right? So, and like you were saying, like the bullwhip, I mean, I use the exact same bullwhip analogy, whatever, because we're not even talking about max effort throw. We're just talking about general throwing, right? So, yeah, yeah. With, with that, now let me ask you phase two of the question. So, if the hand throws the ball, what rotates the body? What do you mean? The, the trunk of your, your trunk's rotating body. Okay, but what are you focusing on rotating the body? Uh, well, that's tough for me because I don't ever really think about uh, that. I just think about, for me, the cue is how fast can I move, how fast can I make the ball spin? How fast can I, how fast can I move my, my hand? And that command in itself uh, automatically allows me to disconnect how I'm supposed to disconnect, allows me to rotate how I'm supposed to rotate, and my body already knows what the fuck to do because I've done it for so long. So I don't really, I've never thought about rotating um, at all, but, you know, if I wanted to get technical with it, I would say yeah. I always chop my body in half. So yeah. the right, my right side of my trunk 
is what's rotating it rotating through the left side is gonna is gonna firm up so that this can rotate around like if i was gonna punch somebody in the face that's how i would do it um and you see boxers do it all the time they disconnect their their other arm while they're coming through so for me it's like my old pitching coach told me if i chopped off your arm that's why i don't really you know i see your point with the you know the hands the one that throws the ball and stuff yeah but that's just an end result of doing everything else. Uh, no, exactly, exactly. Yeah. But you you were right so, with the hand. That, but what, you're the, the thing is, yeah. is most of the people don't think about the hand. You know what I mean? That's yeah. that's my point of it. You know, yeah, most okay, people so are like you're, they're you're, like, you're, oh, let me one. let me torque my legs, let me torque my shoulder, let me get my front yeah, side. So, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, it's all extra yeah, shit. Yeah, I remember when when I was pulling down and like. You know, I tried all the cues, but, uh, you know, some people's cues work for them. Like, exactly. you know, one of the guys at the facility, for him, it's rotating his back shoulder down as fast as he can. It worked for him for, I don't know how, but it worked for him. You know, for me, I was doing that and my numbers sucked, you know, and then I'd go, you know, on the mound and I'd throw gas. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I'm moving really fast, but then... I forgot about my arm because I'm so worried about my body moving so fast. And as soon as I added the arm to it, you know, um, so for me, my old pitching coach would always tell me this, and this stuck with me forever is you go, he would just kind of, you know, he wasn't using his body or anything, but he would just, you know, be stationary throw. He'd go, he'd go focus on my shoulder. And then, he'd do the arm throwing. He's like, all right, he's like, it's a pretty easy to keep your eye on it, right? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, all right, now focus on my elbow. And then he wasn't trying to throw the ball hard, you know, just just about as fast as I'm doing it. And then he goes, a little, little bit more, you know, a little faster, right, a little blurrier. And he goes, now look at my hand. He goes, I don't care how slow I try to move my arm, if I keep this relaxed, my hand's always a blur. And he goes, what's the fastest part of your body and i go and i go my hand he goes nah the middle finger the last little top part of this middle finger is the fastest part of your body if everything is relaxed and i go all right and then he's like this is your rawhide string if you you go you go like this you go like this make a fist and he's like you know how slow it is he goes this can never be tight uh, if you want everything to move as fast as humanly possible. And the way to do that, he goes, think about rolling up a towel. If you try to move the front hand too fast, it won't snap. You have to go slow and then whack, you know, and um, that's how wave goes. Build slow, 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 and then at the very curls and whoosh, yeah. you know, so that's what I always had in my head of how to do it. So for me, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, that's just a tough fucking question to be honest with you, but yeah, I mean, you know, too much, you know, you, you know, too much information on it, you know, but like I said, it just for the, the, the internet coaches, the dads that, that do all the research and everything, you know, and you see all this stuff out there, you know, sometimes the simple answer which is what you started with, you know, both of those, because I've had both of those things. It's one of my things to do to unyip yourself a little bit, at least on trying to just get the basic stuff down, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think that 
I honestly, if I could do it all over again, you know, I don't, like, if I was a player, I'd be like, when I was a little kid, I didn't know what the fuck threw the ball. I would I would, I would probably told you I throw the fucking ball. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. And, I, you know, I throw the shit out of it, whatever. Because um, that's how I was when I was a little kid. So I think that, you know, it's like, what came first, the chicken or the egg? But, but my point is exactly is I don't really think – I think guys suck or they don't know how to throw hard because they're trying to do it with their legs. Like, oh, you got to throw with your legs. Okay, what the fuck? the fuck does that mean yeah uh yeah and um or they try to rotate the shoulder or whatever and you know i learned how to use my body because my pitching coach at the time would tell me to cut off my arms how would you throw you know how would you throw something if i put it right here mm-hmm. that's how you use your body now now comes the arm that's going to hold on to the ball and the ball is long for a ride but this is a whip I'm like, all right, I got you now, you know, and then it, it, it's, for me, it's the hand is the, I want, my focus is the hand throws the ball for me, um, so I would agree with you at the end of the day, because for me, the hand is so important, um, think of all the guys that get so yipped up over grips, though, so that's the fine yeah. line, is when, when guys yeah. start thinking, oh, it's the hand, that's really easy to kind of, Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh yeah. shit! You know, but yeah. for me, owning the hand and being able to throw the ball, holding it anyway without it affecting the rest of it, is very important. Yeah, that's why that's one of my favorite. Like the other things that I throw out is I think the M word, the the word, the use of the word mechanics, is 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 a bad word because people slow down. They they try to be too tight, like you were saying. There's no fluidity. They, there's no relaxation. Yeah. If I, if I, if I, I, I think yeah, I think it's just the understand like the what the word means to each individual. Because like for instance, like some guys like whatever Andrew Miller keep talking about that. I don't know why I always use him as. Uh, you see him doing a towel drill before games. Like some other people might be like, oh, towel drill kills. You know, fuck me up. You know, but for him, for whatever reason, it works. You yeah. Know? And some people you might give them a cue and all of a sudden it's the game changer. But then for the other guy, it's not a game changer. And for me. Um, I'm a very, I think in, in, in metaphor and like, uh, very vivid visually. So, uh, you need to give me something that I can relate to. Oh, bullwhip. I've done a bullwhip before, so I know how to do that, you know? So, yeah. um, it makes a lot of sense. They love the towel drill down in Mexico. They love it. They, you know, putting the, putting the, the thing way down on the ground, you know, really yeah. bend the back, that, you know? That's how I got the fucking pinching my shoulder in 2012 i actually got results from it and it wasn't really from the towel drill it was from the fucking mental focus that i was going to be the most efficient consistent motherfucker ever and repeat everything over and over and over again because after every towel drill i would throw 10 balls almost max effort off the mound and just repetition but i would take that towel you know how they tape it yeah yeah it's like heavy yeah, yeah, that shit, that bro, and you're hitting it on the thing. Yeah, I would try to kill this fool with with it. Like <laughs> I was doing max effort with a towel drill, and then um, uh, it just after time, like you're not pronating because you're keeping it like this. Yeah, yeah. And it just fucked my shit up. Yeah. So, but <laughs> they hilarious. love it over there, man. No, but for they sure. get results because they're throwing. You know, 
if if you if you don't throw like if you're not throwing strikes and shoving dick and then you got how can you argue though you know if like you got some guy doing a towel drill and that guy's getting results and that guy was a big leaguer and then you're over here not a big leaguer you read some blog posts or you have these lofty ideas that long toss is the way or just doing this is the way but you suck how are you going to you know have any ground to stand on and that's how I was. It was just like, okay, I'm preaching, preaching, but I'm not backing anything up. Here. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm totally with you on that one, man. That's totally. That's my. I, I'm. I, I'm. The more you know, I, I came in. I've always been open-minded on this stuff, and so that's you know, when I do all this stuff, it's like, look, I've. This is what I've done. This is what I like. This is what I don't like, and I'm totally with you. Like I've seen plenty of guys that go do the weighted ball stuff, go do this and that, and it just. It worked for me. And then the towel stuff, when I did it, same thing, dude. When I was doing the towel drill, they're, they're trying to, hey, get, get a little bit more in line because I'm just a long-arm dude. And whenever, for some reason, whenever I go straight, like they want that directional, perfectly sideways movement. Whenever I do that, I, I just fly open. And I, I'm never – it's not even that flying open is bad. It's just I'm never in the zone, you know. So whatever my timing mechanism, because I'm a medium to slow-paced guy too to go out – I have to do this front arm sweep thing, and people have been telling me for years, it's costing you velocity, this and that. And I'm like, well, it's just a timing mechanism for me to get out where I need to do to unload my energy, you know? And so, like, it, it doesn't bother me, you know what I mean, for that. And, you know, plenty of the kids that I help with, they don't throw all the same way and stuff. So it's, it's just, it's interesting, you know, just to debate on it, talk about it, you know, and just try to get through you know, you've been through all that side of it. It sounds like, you know, we've done some of the similar research. You've done a lot more, you know, uh, um, you know, practitioner of a lot of the stuff. And, you know, that's why really, honestly, why I wanted to get you on here and try to, you know, take out a chunk of your very valuable day to try to be like, look, like this guy and I, like, we've been through the shit. Like, just oh. everybody's got to find your shit, just like what you say, where it's like, Nobody knows. You got to go out and te- you know you're throwing the baseball. That's what I try to tell. You know, I, I, I mean, don't even know if you said about Fernando or whatever it was, but you're throwing the ball. Take about accountability for you throwing the ball. You you don't need your coach to throw the ball. Yeah, I mean, when I when I reflect on you know everything, I've always believed that the towel drill was stupid. Um, and it was because my old mentor, pitching coach, he really knew his shit of biomechanics. He didn't use no video. He didn't use none of that. But he knew uh, a lot. And my my pitches that I have to this day, I honestly, I honestly, like, if I had to go get ready for a season and compete, and they're like, hey, uh, you have, let me pitch the Okay, if if you had to play four seasons, but the kicker is we're gonna give you ten million dollars, and every season you got to go out there, but only two pitches, and then they're like, the kicker is you have to go dominate with, uh, you only get paid if you dominate, but you can only pick one pitch to go out there. Because of my mentor and so many repetitions of throwing these pitches. I honestly wholeheartedly go out there and I I'm I feel like all my pitches are equal 
some may argue that the splitter is better than the curveball or whatever, but I honestly don't think so. I think I could go out there and I'm cre- and I own them so much because of him and uh, so many two-hour bullpens, like beating it over the head, and then the right cueing and all that stuff. Like, I honestly think that all my pitches are just as nasty just because of him. The only pitch that I lost when I changed my arm angle was a slider. I used to have a pretty good slider when I was like lower. Um, I don't know how to throw a slider if my life depended on it. Uh, I don't want to know. But uh, anyways, um, the big takeaway when I reflect on doing a towel drill, on entertaining the tall and fall thing, the drop and drive thing, the um, weighted balls, the the um, connection balls, the ta- you know, all this shit that just at the end of the day, it just eyewash, man. Um, all of it is just so stupid. Um, it's not even funny. The only thing, and the only thing that matters is your intention. And the amount of energy and focus that you put into that intention. So, if, for instance, if you want to become the best pitcher possible, but I think a lot of people have missed that one thing. How do I become the best pitcher I could possibly be? And then they get hung up on the best way to train, right? Or, or the right drills. It's like, wait a minute. You just forgot your main objective. Your main objective was to be the best motherfucking pitcher on the mound. Not who's the best at long toss, who's the best at long, uh, pull downs, who's the best at the towel drill, all this stupid shit that doesn't fucking make you better on the mound. So I think that's the key ingredient because if you, you're telling me you're not good enough, you're not resourceful enough and creative enough that if the only drill you had to do was the towel drill and then you had to go out and pitch, you just suck or what? Because there's a ton of guys that fucking made a lot of money in the game that are still playing, that that's the bread and butter, yeah. is get here, towel drill. But they don't go like that. Whatever yeah. reason, it makes them psychologically feel like yeah. this is making me good, you know? And that's what people mistake. And that's what people get themselves because they think that one way is better than the other, this way or that. Sure, I'm sure there's more, if you did a study, there's more optimal ways to move, there's more optimal ways to train, period periodization and all this other technical shit let the professionals do that shit if you take and this is when i really got a shift but then i back i backed off on it my senior year my school i was stuck there the guy loved the towel drill he loved throwing off his knees he loved running poles all this stupid shit that i really didn't believe in and i would fight him on it i wouldn't do it year before but then the back of my head I kind of wanted to please him so I was like yip myself because I was like want to do it my way but don't want to don't want to do it his way but don't want to piss him off so I was just oh. and I do it I go oh. like that's the sound I'd always make oh. PFPs <laughs> what a waste of time like and yeah. I wouldn't get any better guys were getting better than me even though I was more talented they were getting better results than me because when I'd show up, I go, oh, you know, and when they do it, they're like, fuck, yeah, I'm going to fucking figure it out. I'm going to dominate, get a spot on this on this pitching lineup uh, rotation. And they would do good. 
you know, and with whatever they had, uh, they would do good with that. And I had so much and I would struggle um, because I thought I knew everything the right way to do it. And I wasn't doing it that way. And that's what was limiting me and all these fucking excuses. Um, but senior year, uh, Cal Lutheran, I said, fuck it. I don't know. I started training like three hours. It was probably too much, but I was lifting like three hours a day with my buddy and his other guy. They were savages. Like we got so addicted to training and lifting and, and I was a freak, bro. Like I honestly could dunk. I felt like I could throw for hours. I was like pull down as hard as I fucking could. Um, and this is before I knew about pull downs and all this stuff. I would just, you know, play catch. And then I would just try to kill my throwing partner. Um, and I said, I don't give a fuck if I throw from my knees, if I throw my eyes closed, if I throw a towel drill, if I have to run poles, if I have to do anything, I am going to be the best at all of it. I'm going to be the best at PFPs. I'm going to be the best at the towel drill. I'm going to be at the best at everything I fucking do. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to be the fucking best at it. And my results were through the roof. And I did throw off my knees. I did do the towel drill. I did do the one knee throw. That's stupid. I'm like, if I'm the best and I can't throw off my knees, if I'm going to be a master at throwing and I can't throw off my knees, is throwing off my knees really going to debilitate my results? If they are, I suck. I don't own shit. Uh, if I can't do a towel drill, and if a towel drill will fuck me up in a game, I suck. If running poles and being the fastest at running poles is going to make me throw slower, I shouldn't be playing. And when I got that mentality, it's like, you can throw anything at me. All good. Yeah, fuck yeah. This is... Yeah, if I was going to write a program, I wouldn't do this, but, you know, I'm going to be the best at it, or why do it? Or really don't do it, and be like, sorry, coach, I respect what you're trying to do, but I'm not touching that, I'm doing me, and that's it. And that that's, I give kudos to Trevor Bauer for that, because I wouldn't, I wasn't, I didn't have the, the cojones to do that, so that was the other best resort, you know. But when you do it the other way, you got to back it up. Yeah, for sure. You, you slip a little bit. Yeah, that he gone, he gone for sure. Yeah. Well, All right, that, dude. That's thing, yeah, that's the well, takeaway right there is fuck what, who cares whatever you're doing because that might be all you know how to do at the moment, you know. But if you're constantly always searching, without, you know, the the right way or the better way will reveal itself on its own. You don't necessarily need to search it out and wait because I think a lot of guys wait and they research and they do it and they don't, and they stop moving. If you do whatever it is that your coach is making you do at this moment, wholeheartedly with the intention of being the best pitcher you could possibly be. And you constantly have that intention of being the best you could possibly be. The better way will constantly just reveal itself like driving in a dark road with your headlights low by low. You don't need to search it out. It'll just, you'll run into it. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Well, dude, look, we've been going for – I know you and I could for sure go even longer, but um, – Oh, yeah. We've, so, you know, just the Mexico League could have went for, like, you know, yeah, five hours. Yeah, for sure, definitely. We'll, we'll definitely have to play it, do it again. Like I said, I've got ideas about some – trying to do, like, some multi uh, – you know, some two or three different people that we can get on here and really just stir it up, you know, with your personality and some other guys and – and just have just baseball talks about stuff. I, I think that'd be kind of a cool idea, you know, just to see. Yeah, and then just get, get you opinion. on. Uh, yeah, I'm going to get my, you know, I've collected the calls. I just haven't put them on YouTube or whatever. 
but I'm going to uh, get the DGAP calls going, and then we can hop on one of those um, and talk about uh, other things and, and keep it going, man. Yeah, no, definitely. It's it's always good to, for real to recognize real. I've always, you know, enjoyed your stuff and the stuff you put out there and just, you know, putting out just this, you know, really, I, I would call it more ownership of what you really are trying to get out there and do as a, as a thrower as, as at whatever age it is. Because, you know, I, just like you, you know, you get tons of DMs. I get tons of DMs where it's like, hey, you know, what do I do here? What do I do there? And, and you know, just with the amount of information and resource out there, you know, sometimes I just feel like people spend too much time on this thing instead of just going out and throwing and see what happens, you know, like, because no matter what, like, you, even with you and I are talking, like, you can be the strongest guy in the world, you can be the fastest guy in the world, you can be the smartest guy in the world, but if you're not throwing the ball, what are you really working on? If you're doing separation balance drills for 30 minutes in your lesson, and, and you're, you don't, your your guy's like, hey, it's, it's, it's November, we, we're throwing too soon, but you want to get velocity and you throw 68 miles an hour, then you're obviously not spending your time correctly. You know, like, be intelligent and take ownership of your own stuff, you know? Yeah, and I think that the big takeaway, and I, and I really, I'm going to write a fucking book about this shit, uh, but uh, baseball is very complicated, right? You could argue, you know, uh, you know, very to throw a strike, there's so many things that have to happen. To hit a ball, so many things that have to happen. Let somebody that's into science go do that shit, bro. Like, we already know it's fucking difficult. Like, go take some your girlfriend to a batting cage, and if she doesn't have any references from the past, it's gonna be hilarious, right? Because it's very, very a lot of things need to work together in order to make that happen. So, if you're already a baseball player, you don't need to think about things. All the little finite details of how to throw, you just need to focus on the big, simple ones that is the objective. You know, and I think simplifying things to the, you know, not making them retarded, uh, but simplifying them so thing where it's like so easy. It's like, I need to get faster. Okay, well, you don't need to figure out the mechanics of getting faster. You need to figure out. I'm going to get faster. Well, what's the logical thing to do? Oh, move the fucking bar faster. Start sprinting fucking more. I need to throw the ball faster. What should I do? Motherfucker, throw the ball faster. Try to throw <laughs> faster. Yeah. You want to get better? You want to gain weight? Eat more motherfucking food. Like, it's not that fucking hard. Yeah. You can go let somebody else reveal to you the more optimal way to doing it. But when you're at the beginning, throwing 68 miles an hour, like, try to throw it harder, man. Like, every time you throw, like, I don't care. Like, I might be reckless. When I was a little kid, if my arm was sore, I would just throw it as hard as I could. And then when it would ache so much from doing it too much, I would stop. And then <laughs> do it again. Oh, it feels yeah. good. Oh, I mean, fucking chuck it. I, who cares? I would get tendonitis all the time because people would tell me to slow down, and I just would not listen to them. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I do just, that's my favorite part about it. Like, you have to try to throw hard. So it just doesn't happen. Like, the, yeah. I don't know. I think you talked about it too, but it just, even with me, like, the more and more I've been around the game and traveled around the world and been around these guys, like, I know that there's, like, one guy that, that might be just the freak that is just so talented, you know? But the more and more I run into it, that one guy, even a Bryce Harper, whoever it is, you know, he might be there at 12, but 
the guys that continue working and, and understand like the progress and where they want to be, I, I really don't think it's that I think it's all hard work. I don't think it's talent at all. I think it's all uh, like you're saying, singular focus, being able to continue and deal with your ups and downs and, and go through. But you know, every once in a while there's a Chapman. You know, there's a Joe Kelly. There's somebody that's 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 really throwing up there. But uh, most, you know, 99% of the time, it's it's hard work. It's it's consistency. Yeah, and I think that there's two, there's three types of of guys really. Um, there's um, the guys that are born, whatever, or fall into these cues at an early age, and. Um, I feel like I, I genuinely was one of them where I would throw really, really hard um, is when you're like that, when you have that know-how and gift that you have something that you get that's, that's rare, um, that person needs to focus all their efforts on performing, and that's it. Being competitive, being a savage competitor – because they got it already. They need to, to train their dick off in the weight room so that they get stronger and they get stay health, you know, stay healthy, whatever, to supplement what they already have and keep it keep it moving. But the only focus should be on that. Then there's the other guys that are maybe, you know, someone told them to slow down or they are not that athletic or whatever. Those people, if they they're already competitive and they already know how to perform maybe, but they're just not as gifted. Those people need to focus on more on development and like doing specific shit to, to up their shit. Right. That's yeah. where their focus needs to go. And then the worst, the, the, the worst of the worst is probably, uh, maybe there's two more. The other one is the guy that's got the talent, but it's all yipped up. That's the worst thing ever. When they're focusing on what the other guy should be focusing on, that guy already got it. Like, stop bro you know if you're throwing if you're topping out at 90 92 in high school with with no size whatsoever and you're a wire imagine if you just keep focused on competition and fucking shoving it down people's throats how fast you're gonna throw when you're 20 21 22 you're gonna go through the fucking roof right and i think that when somebody and coaches and mentors need to know when to stop fucking coaching them on the wrong things yeah there's certain there's certain times to coach development there's certain times to coach performance and competition and to shut off that valve because if the worst are these guys that i see that are so smart and over analytical kids that don't have the talent yeah. off the bat they literally have no hope whatsoever those guys need to shift to the just focus on being a savage to break break through that because that's poison, man. You can't be the science. You can't be the scientist and the experiment all at the same time. Yeah, I agree. I agree, hundred percent. I gotta. I like. Yeah. <laughs> you are you recording this or what? You know, <laughs> if not, I'll I'll have it on YouTube. You can reuse it. You know. Yeah. Well, dude, look. I know that we've been going like shoot two hours right now. I'm pumped about it. Like, like we definitely snuck this thing in. I know you're busy. I'm busy. I gotta get going too. Um, yeah. Tell everybody where they can find you, um, what's the best way to follow you, and from there, and I'll put that in the uh, description also. Best way to follow me is go to Flama, D-G-A-F, Flama, 
DGAF on Twitter and on uh, Instagram. I don't really fuck with my Snapchat anymore that much, so there's no point going there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, dude, uh, guys, if, if you haven't checked him out, do it. Um, he's got some exciting stuff coming out. I know we talked about that recently, too. Uh, if you want to do a DGAF call and mentorship, he's got all his information. You need to DM him on Instagram for that. Um, you got anything else? You got one more tidbit you want to drop on the uh, drop on Cutter Nation? Um, the only thing that I'm going to tell you guys is that uh, my mission, and I'm not going to do it alone, obviously, is my mission is to make baseball relevant, to make baseball uh, a sport where it adds up with NFL, with the NBA. I'm trying to bring pop culture. I'm trying to change the game and make it a little bit more uh, up to date because I think it's old school. I think there's a bunch of old, old white guys, you know, controlling slave ship. I mean, that's kind of aggressive, but I honestly view it that way. And I think it needs to change and I'm on a mission to change it. And I need the youth, the youth guys that like the hip hop, that like the trap music, the Travis Scotts, all those fucking people are going to be the ones that change baseball if they don't go off and play basketball or football and, and do the cool sports. Uh, stick with baseball. I'm a fucking I'm a fucking change this shit. Me, uh, John, we're all going to change this shit. All the new new school dudes. So that's it. Dropping merch. I'm going to be releasing um, limited runs of spoof gear, uh, spoof stuff off pop culture. Things that are hot in fashion right now. I'm going to be making uh, baseball-related merchandise uh, for limited runs. So stay tuned for that. You can see that on Instagram and Twitter or whatever. That's cool. Awesome. Yeah. Let me know when you do that, and I'll repost it for you and get it out there. I will. So, I'm just, I've just been. I have it already. I'm just been so hesitant to post it because if I, uh, it's just going to be more work. <laughs> exactly. It's just the truth. Yeah, I hear you, man. That's I mean, I enjoy working all, all the time, too, so I, I understand. Yeah, Once you start a new thing, it just doesn't stop. The real estate and then the personal brand is very time-consuming in itself. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Definitely. All right, man. All right, dude. Well, well guys, yeah, and, and definitely. Where, where, where could I watch it? On your YouTube show? Yeah, this is going to be on YouTube. We're, um, you're gonna, we're going to be able to go to uh, – got to go to YouTube, search Jonathan Sintez. We'll have a link. You'll be able to swipe up on my Instagram. It'll be on Twitter, on Facebook, Sick. and everything from there. So, And I'll send you over some, some little tidbit bites or whatever that you can repost and stuff on there of, you know, of us talking about it and stuff like that. It'll it'd be yeah. easy for us to get out there. So, But, right. um, yeah, definitely, definitely. So don't go anywhere when we end this, but, you know, because I'll stop the broadcast and we'll finish up. So. But guys, uh, like I said, last thing is uh, if you want to get the limited hats that I got right here, the leather patch hats, we got shirts. I make all these. If you don't have J-bands, any weighted balls or flush bands, um, and you want to get some, you can get on my website. Link's in my Instagram. Uh, if you guys got anything else for uh, Flama, uh, hit him up on Instagram at FlamaDGaff, as well as on Twitter. You can all follow him on there. He's a great resource. It's you know, it's a part of my morning coffee, uh, honestly. You know, it's, it's a little coffee, and then if he's posted some new thing, I'm like, well, let's see what knowledge that he's bestowed upon some weak human who's decided to, to uh, chime in and tell him that this is, you know, whatever. It's, it's quite hilarious if you can if – you, if you don't get offended, which, you know, let's stop getting offended in general. Like, let's just understand that yeah. sometimes people can be satiristic, and it's, a, it's on purpose, you know, so – you know, if, if, you, if you're soft as, as a baseball player, you're not going to make it. If you don't understand that if you wear some whack, you know, Puma spikes 
and people think that, you know, if you say that these are going to make me throw harder and you don't, then I hope your baseball team is on your ass about that, you know? But funny so. you say that. Uh, I, I'm, 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 I'm throwing it out there in the universe that I will be doing a collaboration in the future with Puma and re- <laughs> revamping their, their people died. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny you say that. I got my, I've been getting my eye on that. Like I remember Puma used to be so sick. Yeah, I remember too. With with the A's, the the A's had those nasty Pumas, you know. Oh yeah, the white with the green. Yeah. Yeah, they were sure. All right, guys, appreciate it. Thanks again, and repost this. Show some love. All right. <laughs>